Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to episode 106 of a show I cannot number properly. I am your host, Professor Jeremy Vilmer, and joining us now, Arn Anderson's favorite enhancement talent, Double B, Bobby Blaze. Double B, baby, I like that, man, just coming down through there. Bobby Blaze, yeah. Um, you know, I was going to tell you, and I appreciate that uh, moniker there, mm-hmm. because, um, th- you know, I... I thought about that some more about Arn mentioning, you know, the, the way the guy asked the question, um, you know, he, he just said, you know, Bobby Blaze was a good one. Then he goes, excellent. In, in fact, but you know, I was sitting there, I've had probably, I tell the one thing about, um, when he started letting people go or Arn just walked up to me beside the, um, the, uh, coffee and tea and waters and stuff at the catering and said, you know, don't give him a reason, let you go, Bobby, you know, and mm-hmm. just, we just, you know, but, um, one of the, I spoke to him several times uh, through the years, but one of, the, one of our earlier meetings, I had met him in Knoxville. I went down there um, shortly after Smoky Mountain shut down. It's one of the first um, nitros, and I about got on then, to be honest with you. Uh, myself and another guy went down there, uh, but that's another long story. But um, anyway, I, Arn was one of the first people I saw. He was just sitting at a table, uh, just really relaxed. They weren't um, what a big dress code at that point. Again, it was just because it's still it was still WCW. The, the nitro hadn't really taken off yet, you know. Right. Anyway, uh, or got as big as it did. And anyway, um, I just walked up to a table and we, he was you know, introduced, you know, myself to a couple of the guys and Arn and I started talking and he goes, Hey, Bobby, we're just two gentlemen discussing business and hope, you know, we look forward to working with you. And I'd went down there already talking to, I talked to Kevin Sullivan that day and, and then Paul Warndorf on that Monday at the office and, you know, things happen for a reason. But anyway, so that was Arn just, uh, you know, kind of let me, let me know, man, it's definitely interested. Uh, but one of the things that, um, and I don't know if I put this in my book or not. And if I did, I don't know which one. If I didn't, I should have, uh, because sometimes you just don't know how to take compliment the right way or you forget about it, you know, um, or you don't want to put yourself over. But I was sitting there, um, outside the war room at some building. I don't know. We could have been across Wisconsin or, uh, fucking San Bernardino, California. I don't know. Um, and Arn come out, you know, and, you know, people would we'll wait for the boards to go up, whatever. But Arn just was talking to me and, we just just talking really like like he said two gentlemen discussing business. We were just talking. He said, "Bobby, you know," he goes, "I have to thank you for putting you up there with uh, I think you're in a category of uh, Brad Armstrong and Bobby Eaton." He said, uh, "That's what I try to do in those booking meetings." He said, uh, "I was like, whoa, that's two of the greatest, you know, for me, you know, what I'm saying that's a huge compliment." And he goes, "So you know, so many shows we get get you booked, and that's what that's what my thinking is because we can put you if any anyone on this roster, and you can go." And I appreciate that. And, uh, like, damn, that made me feel good, you know, just out of blue. And another time, um, uh, Shane Stormer, if you're out there, um, he puts up sometimes, uh, Vampiro match. I have a great match with, uh, Vampiro. I'm not sure we shot that at somewhere out west, to be honest with you. But anyway, uh, I wore a different outfit and armed. Arn um, <clears throat> just mentioned, hey, Bobby, put that purple back on, you know. Uh, don't change up like that, cause I, you know, unless you let one of us know, me or uh, Jimmy or Terry, because uh, we, we like the direction to go with the purple. I said, okay, you know, didn't get on me, but very professional. Just a uh, professional, like, heads up, man, don't don't change your outfit on the air, kid, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so there was a lot of time, and I'm easy to work with is what the point was. Uh, Jerry Flynn and I had worked. I was with Jerry when he first broke in. 
down in Tampa. He had been over to Japan for a shoot group. Um, he was one of Masami's uh, uh, students. Um, that was Carl Gotch's son-in-law. And um, he was uh, uh, had been a black belt in karate. I'm not exactly what form, but then he come down here. Great shape. Uh, good dude. Uh, he was actually good friend with Brady Boone, too. And um, so Jerry, uh, he wasn't having pro matches yet. He'd get ready to go to Japan for a shoot style. He had already been once. He's going back again before he started a pro. So uh, I ended up going out to a town and I had a choice of either wrestling or raffing and making more money raffing because I went with the ring crew and I ended up raffing and making, you know, fifteen twenty dollars more doing it that way. And anyway, Jerry, it was like his first match. So I knew him a long time while I was getting at. And then um, we trained together a lot. Point being, uh, Arn put us together and we walked back in the war room together after a match. And he said, he, he just stood there, man, and just kind of tapped his hands as we walked through the door. It was just us two walking through the same, you know, kind of same. And Arn said, that there's the way you do it, gentlemen. He said, my God. He said, that was a good match. And if you, if everyone here could work like you two, this place would be a hell of a lot better off or something along those lines, you know. Yeah. We knew it was a good match because having trained with Jerry, we basically said, you know, hey, be as stiff as you want. Let's go, you know. Uh, Call it on a go. Let's go. And he did dare not break my arm, which he, which he done from his very first match. I told him, I said, I was refereeing you about fucking snap my arm and out in Ruskin, Florida. And I said, why the fuck would you do it? You know, as a referee. And I said, Jerry, that's, you know, seven or eight years ago at that point, whatever it was. And I said, then I said, fuck. I said, go stiff, brother. <laughs> you hooked my elbow. I said, we ain't in Japan. He started laughing, but you know, we had a good thing. But point being, uh, just tell those stories. Arn, if anyone's out there again, tell them thanks. And um, I'm glad I was easy to work with because I was what you call a professional, you know? Yeah. So there you go. That's that's what I wanted to get off uh, out of the way that uh, there was a lot of conversation between Arn and myself. And um, um, I, I, I have nothing but deep respect for him. And uh, I was glad I got to work along with some of those greats, including uh, uh, Kevin Sullivan. I'll throw him in there with Terry and, and uh, uh, Jimmy and, and, and Arn at some of the, and, and Orndorff as well, you know, being uh, uh, office guys at that time while I was there. And if I left out anyone, um, I guess I could spend a shout out, Jeremy, to uh, Eric Bischoff getting in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Uh, and the reason being, um, Hell, that's who you know. That's who I hired in under. He was the he was the boss then, and he he was authorized to authorize other guys to hire people. Terry Taylor was the one that you know basically hired me. Was interested in hired me after again I'd already spoke to Sullivan and and, and Arn and him. But uh, so you know, hey, um, whether you like him or whether you don't like him or whatever, um, I, I was going to mention that you know. Well, hell, congratulations to him. Um, I know that Hall of Fame. It's 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 good for the morale of the boys and stuff. Uh, you know, everyone knows it's it's a political gimmick type thing. It's 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 not the to me like a legitimate Hall of Fame, but it is a good. It's good for uh, that fucking uh, Jeremy. I'm very spit for entertainment purposes. Oh, you know. Yeah, I know. Watch it, watch it, watch it. But uh, the other thing I was going, to, I started opening up my Booker T voice, but I don't know if I could do him as good as I used to. But uh, I didn't. Uh, but because I was going to say something about Hulk Hogan getting to, uh, he's one of the, uh, I guess, guest uh, uh, host along with um, uh, what's his name? Uh, shit, now I'm drawing a blank. Uh, but I heard Booker T spoke out on. Oh shit, um, what's his name? He's from Tampa. Um, Shit, uh, ball-headed, big guy, O'Neal, Titus O'Neal. Oh, Shit, okay. I, I had his initials here. I couldn't even fucking get out. Anyway, Hulk Hogan and him, uh, 
I saw his promo. I didn't see Hogan's, but uh, Titus O'Neil's it was. He's from Tampa, and they're at the uh, they're at the uh, Raymond James Stadium this year uh, for WrestleMania. That's what it was. And I wanted to uh, give a shout out to Tampa, of course. Uh, I guess they're letting twenty five or thirty thousand people come. I don't know how many people is going to go, but I know if I was in Tampa, I still wouldn't fucking be going. Um, for, for at least this year, as much as I would like to go to one, uh, I wouldn't be going with the fucking Corona down there. Wherever. I don't know where I'd yeah. go in Florida, to be honest with you. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you got down there in Tampa town, you got two Tampa guys and Hogan and, uh, Titus O'Neill doing the, uh, the hosting. That's pretty cool, man. You know, and the thing I guess is going to bring up, I'm not trying to be racist, racial or anything, but I guess, uh, you know, Hogan, says some things a few years ago and stuff. And I guess you could be, he, here he was in the hall of fame prior to that. And I guess they kicked him out because of the things he said on that, uh, that, that tape or whatever that he used the racial slur. Um, and then now he's not only back in the hall of fame, here he is. You can't cancel that motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to, I don't like that whole cancel culture anyway, but I'm just saying Hogan, uh, here he is hosting the damn WrestleMania after he got like exiled from it a few years back, how things turn, the more things change, the more they stay the same, yeah. but it's good to see two Tampa guys that's obviously done really good for themselves. And when they're having WrestleMania there in Florida, of course, in Tampa Bay at the big stadium there, uh, I, I can dig that man. Cause I've got some roots and some connection there, you know? So oh, sure. Anyway, sure. Yeah. Anyway, there's um, my rant. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that the toxicity had worn off of Hulk Hogan yet. Um, but Bobby, you got to realize when it comes to me, I, I believe freedom of speech is an absolute. I mean, you have a right to say whatever you want. It doesn't mean a newspaper has to carry it or a TV show has right. to put you on. Um, but I noticed that now everybody's got to be a fucking victim. Uh, and I stand back and wonder like, yeah, you remember when uh, Colin Kaepernick and the Dixie Chicks were canceled? <laughs> Nobody, nobody's pointing that out, are they? How the fucking, yeah, yeah how, how the fucking worm turns. You know, Colin Kaepernick, a kid right right next door to me, basically, fucking couldn't get a job for the last 20 years. Everybody yeah. more than happy to pile on him. Yeah. But once it's their guy, oh, shit, watch out, everybody. <laughs> but I'm not for any of that shit. I don't think anybody should be fucking disappeared because they said yeah. something that's unpopular, you know. I, I saw, uh, I was listening to a podcast the other day, actually, uh, I guess the Oscar or some whatever the fucking was here recently, Tony Oscars, whatever it was. Yeah. And, Someone just said, man, uh, uh, they, they, I can't, it was a friend of theirs that's in movies and, um, it was, uh, 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 Joey Diaz and, and, and Joe Rogan, some of those guys I listen to on a regular basis, Theo Vaughn, uh, just some comedians I listen to and listen to their podcast pretty regular. They was talking, I guess, uh, via, they got, a, a, a several comedians on a group text and basically even Rogan was saying, they don't, he, they don't want to go. He don't want to do any fucking movies anymore because he don't want to get that big to where he gets people think they're gonna cancel. But they got a friend in a movie. I don't know who the reference was to uh, that does a lot of movies, but you'd never know who he's done. He's like forty fucking movies something, but he's always in the background. He stays steady working. But he said, I hope I'm never the fucking lead guy. I'm not, that's not my goal in Hollywood. He said, because I don't want to get too big that I get canceled. You know, I guess he said it at group text. That's the thing, man. Um, I, I hate to see it because some of these people are right. Um, and, and that whole Kaepernick thing, you know, I mean, he, he wasn't doing it against the flag or anything. No. <laughs> you know, they had nothing, to, and people took it like, ah. But yeah, how the worm, you know, the worm turns, man. You know, uh, what is that? Um, 
Keep your dick hard, keep your powder dry, and the worm will turn. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's just it, you know. It's like I, I have never agreed with it. I don't agree with a lot of the stuff that's happening now. Uh, look, I'm not big... quite cancel us. Yeah, well, that's fine. You know what? Because I'll change We're my not name and the dime off this yeah, time. <laughs> we'll change our names, go under a hood, and we'll start a new fucking show. You know, I mean, that's right, by God. Yeah, uh, it just yeah, it irritates me. It's just like, but now, like all of a sudden, you know, because now what's happening to people on this side. Even though, you know, during the 80s, I couldn't get a fucking heart, you know, heavy metal album because some church member had convinced my mom that they were actually devil worshippers. But now it's the other side, so now the whole world's in fucking arms about it. Ah, fuck them all. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. you know. Well, uh, at least Steve Snyder went and talked to fucking Congress for you. Yes, he did. <laughs> <clears throat> Hell, and, uh, you know, John, and John Denver, too. That was the, uh, that's the part they act like it was totally surprising, even though John Denver had always been a free speech advocate, but, you know, yeah. whatever. Uh, oh, well, you know what, Bobby? I think we're going to, we're going to get off this topic and get on to yeah. wrestling, by God. Okay. Um, well, I was just going to say, if you wanted to, we'll fucking put the hoods on. We'll start a program called Pin Me, Pay Me. Uh, you, well, keep that in mind. Keep that in right? mind, everybody. Keep that. That's right. Yeah. K-Fade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, okay, let's start off here. We're in Jeopardy, man. I keep thinking this. Uh, I lost on Jeopardy, and I was thinking... Uh, I had this wrong name. I say like, that's Greg Kenner or something. Anyway, uh, so the professor smartened me up beforehand. Uh, I Lost on Jeopardy was a Weird Al song. Uh, Our Loves in Jeopardy was Greg Ken. Mm-hmm. So that that got me all mixed up. I can't do that. Dee-dee. I can't because made, he made like $15 million for 15 minutes of work when Merv Griffith wrote those uh, little, the, the, the Jeopardy theme. So we're titling our um, show today, We're in Jeopardy, um, and we hope to have some fun with this show. And uh, we are going to start off on one small, uh, slow, uh, backward, kind of downward note, and then we'll go from there. Uh, go ahead and announce that, Professor. Uh, Get that out. Yeah, so uh, just like every week here lately, we wa- we lost another uh, pro wrestler over the weekend, uh, Barry Orton, a.k.a. Barry O., yeah. Uh, passed away. I, I have not, because I saw it in your notes this morning, I have not really had time to dig in. I guess this was a Friday. I haven't really looked into what happened yet. But this is, of course, the son of Bob Orton Sr., the brother of Bob Orton Jr., the uncle of one Randall Keith Orton. Yeah. Who I believe he is actually named for Barry's uh, first or middle name. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Um, but I haven't seen what happened yet. But, um, you know, a guy that, yeah. uh, you, you look, I mean, you may not remember right off the top, Barrio, but he was everywhere. And you've yeah, seen Yeah, he them. worked all those territories. Yeah. Territories, and then eventually done TVs for, for New York, you know, for WWE. But uh, um, uh, rest in peace there, Barrio. Uh, I know he did a lot of work. Like I said, I, one of the things I wanted to say, uh, we're going to get into this again in Jeopardy. I want to mention this. I have several. Uh, uh, guys, like I took five people that you really like in professional wrestling and whose style it was. And um, Bob Wharton Jr. is probably one of my all-time favorite uh, wrestlers and workers. And I knew Malenko had a, a big hand in helping him train, and Gosh did as well. His dad didn't want him to get into wrestling. Bob Sr. didn't. And, of course, he ended up doing it and being a big star. And of course, his son's an even bigger star. Uh, but... um uh, we'll mention someone else later on, I'm sure, but but that's one of my five top guys that I really like. Just watch his style, man. He was just uh, so smooth and fluid in the ring with those knees and elbows and uh, uh, just the, the superplex and the flow 
Odo over and all that. So anyway, but uh, yeah, Barrio was pretty talented too. He just didn't, you know, just didn't go as far as uh, uh, Bob did. And, and I don't know the circumstances. I saw where I think it was Friday. Um, it popped up my Twitter feed um, like within an hour of it happening, but it didn't go to details. And then it then it dropped it. And I just added it to the bottom of our notes. So but we got that out of the way. Let's move on to some something you and I talked about for a couple hours the other day out of the middle of fucking middle of the night, I guess. Out <laughs> it, was, it was morning. I guess it's not out there, but it was morning here. Yeah. Um, and that was the uh, big match between uh, Thunder Rosa and uh, Britt Baker. Man. Uh, we talked about that, um, that evening, I guess it was, uh, was it that evening? Um, I know we didn't watch it live. We watched what they put on YouTube. It was about five or seven minutes, I guess, of the match. Mm -hmm. And I, do you recall the first question you asked me? Um, well, well I, no, I don't. Cause again, it was quite, it was kind of late that night by the time we yeah, got to this topic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you said, uh, Two things you said. What did you think about it, and what did you think about the thumbtacks? And that yeah, okay. kind of ran that together. And I said, well, um, the first thing I saw was a, the stills, and the first one I saw was her. And I said, is that fucking thumbtacks? Because I had been out that evening a little bit, um, and I hadn't been on you know Twitter or anything. And, and man, I tell you what, when you're not not on that fucking social media or watching the news, life's not bad sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> But I had went out for a couple hours, and I'll get to that later on, too. Um, um, very safe when I went out, by the way, just so you know. But um, I said, to you, yeah, when I thought that saw the thumbtacks, I said, why? Fuck me. Why? You know, and again, it was just a still shot, and then it had a couple other still shots. But then I went to the feed where they just played it right back on YouTube, and I was like, now I get it. Now I know why. Uh, that was a hell of a match, man, for what I saw. Um, the only thing I've heard is, is the, is, was that the blood wasn't real. Um, at this point, I don't really give a fuck, uh, because it was very physical, what they did and the way they put it together. I'm not a hardcore fan, but they fucking, they made sense of, you know, using how to use the table and putting Reba through it and, uh, just the whole deal, man. I thought it was pretty damn good. Now, I don't know if you heard anything about the blood or not, but that's just what I heard. Um, yeah, let's see. I didn't even think that it wasn't real blood because normally fake blood looks really bad. Yeah. Uh, I didn't notice that, but, you know, maybe, maybe stuff's just that much better now. I don't know. Um, I know there's already talk and I don't know if it's, you know, people are saying it's just because it's new or how people are going to try to write this off. People are saying match of the year already. Um, yeah, I, I can tell me they got nine months to fucking topic. Well, and I don't know how they're going to do it. Cause here's the thing. Nobody, okay. everybody was talking like this was going to be a big deal. I don't think anybody knew just how balls out these two chicks were going to go. Right, right. Uh, they, they went all out. I have nothing yeah. but respect for them. I, I think I told you at Britt Baker, I was like, why? Because she's a fucking good-looking lady. She's a dentist. I know she loves professional wrestling, obviously, but she just really came on, you know, in her last year She when she turned, I guess, because you're thinking she could have been this little uh, uh, doll baby baby face or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then she's in uh, – the deal was since Thunder Rosa got there, I guess, you know, she's the, actually a bully in the locker room. 
room and you know uh this and that and it just really played well into that to that whole match man how they built that up and um i'm happy for fucking both of them and um it's not gonna make me uh turn tune in every week nothing like that but i gonna still follow the product you know i want to keep up with it of course and when i see something like that i'm gonna definitely uh put it over man you know um oh absolutely and that's just a fan in us uh uh, you know, just, just being a fan of uh, enjoying uh, enjoying seeing someone do something right, like I was talking about Arn. You get two professionals in there, and they fucking do something right, you know? Yeah. Um, and and um, we we both, we're going to talk about here in a second again, we both kind of followed Thunder there. And, uh, man, she's just really everywhere this past fucking, uh, with everything going on in the world, uh, she still managed to get a lot of shit done. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Look, I mean, the Thunder, Thunder Rosa, there's no question about it. Legit as fuck. I mean, just straight yeah. up, just like legit, super legit. Yeah. Um, Britt Baker is okay. So I saw her wrestle a couple times in ROH. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, like you're saying, yeah, you notice her because she's hot. Okay. But yeah. like most, most wrestlers are hot these days. I mean, it's just whatever, you know, most, especially, you know, when you t- the women in wrestling, even though it's not like, you know, when they just look like a bunch of bimbos a handful of years ago, these chicks can go and most of them are pretty good looking, you know, and you get a mix of yeah. those two qualities. Uh, but Britt Baker was kind of like, meh, whatever. I mean, cool. But I mean, yeah, good. Well, why is the dentist doing this? That's really like what you're looking at. She, she was the first woman, I think, to sign with AEW. So you're just like, okay, yeah. <laughs> but then, much like in, we'll talk about Nick Aldis, I'm sure, more as we go. You know, just, Oh, yeah, we're going to bring up something here in just a minute. Yeah. We're going to talk about some of these people again. So anyway. Uh, but, but Britt Breaker is one of these ones I would put there with Nick Aldis. It's like you see him once or twice. You're like, yeah, they're, they're passable. They're good. But mm-hmm. then one day they just fucking click. And then like yeah. you're just like, Jesus Christ, look at that mic work. Look at the, you know, the, the character that they're putting together yeah. now. And then you throw out a match like this and sorry, fuckers. That's it. Nobody's touching it. You know? Yeah. Eat my dust. Mm-hmm. <laughs> eat our dust. In that yeah. Case. Those two, so, those two, you know, put on a match that is going to be hard for anybody else to touch. Um, you know, it's going to be, hopefully they can ride it for a little bit because it's going to be hard for either one of them to hit again too, I think. Yeah. So hopefully they can hold on to it. You know, I know Thunder Rosa has a match tonight, actually. With, yeah, uh, that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Uh, the NWA uh, pre uh, pay per view. Um, so we were going to do a brief rundown on that. Go ahead and start with that girls match if you want, since that's where you're at. Uh, uh, yeah. NWA's so this is NWA's number one contenders match. Yeah, this is for the women's title, the number one contenders match. It's uh, Thunder Rosa versus Camille. Yeah. Now Camille is a wall of a woman she mm-hmm. is nothing but good looks and muscle um the problem is, is like as they were starting to build her up for what i'm sure was going to be a title run is right when this um covid shit hit yeah, yeah so yeah. we never got to see them do what they do but i remember watching it and i said to somebody i said are they doing like a girlberg angle here she's just gonna be like a <laughs> squash match fucking doer yeah. is that it so tonight, uh, you know, I, whatever the, the results of this are, hopefully we'll begin to set things up and move forward. Yeah. But um, I think Thunder Rosa, just by being a match, just by being in it, raises the quality of a match. Yeah, I think, and she'll probably have to carry that match in all honesty, you know, you know what I'm talking about. And I'm going to tell you, if you're out there and you're betting on who's going to fucking win these matches or say, hey, I got it right, I knew she was going to win or he was going to win, man, 
I hope none of those people listen to our show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Go back and do your sports betting or, or bet on something else and, and, and watch it for what it is, man. Enjoy it, you know. But uh, uh, I don't think anyone in our fan base, because uh, I heard some things, uh, a couple of uh, other wrestling-related um a couple of guys out of Boston were talking about it. just something st- funny, you know. Uh, yeah. People saying, hey, I got it right. Uh, they watched the AWA and they called this match. And like, it is like, I hope our fans aren't those fans that say, oh, I, I, I knew it. Just watch it and enjoy it. You know, I think our fans enjoy it because guess what, fuckers? All these matches, I hate to break it to you, are predetermined finishes. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's even more than you know, that, so Bobby. Enjoy it. The yeah, it's like. Well, you, you as a writer know that you don't do anything in the story that hasn't been hinted at or foreshadowed. Um, yeah. you don't pull an ending out of nowhere unless like that, unless you're writing a mystery, you know, you don't just pull <laughs> shit out of the air, you know? Yeah. And when you, <laughs> kids, <laughs> well, when you book wrestling, right, I would imagine there has to be some hint. Cause I remember when, uh, you know, Randy Savage became world champion. And I just had a feeling going into it. Of course, I had a feeling going into it. They were trying to lead you in that direction. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They didn't want the shit Uh, coming from out of nowhere, you know. There you go. Uh, Tonight's main event is, uh, I think you want to talk about this one, uh, because uh, it's uh, Nick Aldis and Aaron Stevens for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. you have anything to say about that one or any of the other matches for that Um, matter? You know, so, I know there's one I kind of looking at right there is that Travis Murdoch and uh, Chris Adonis. I, I think they have got a good little show there. I don't notice a couple of the other names you've put on there. Um, I start looking at Slice Blona there, but it says Slice Boogie, so I don't know. I don't know who some of these people are, but but the most of them I do from following, following the program. Well, so so if we we look at that four way dance they have there, Jack Stain, Slice Boogie, Jordan Clearwater, and Crimson. Crimson, of course, a longtime TNA Impact guy. Yeah, yeah. Jordan Clearwater is a guy that actually um, he wrestles on Championship Wrestling from Hollywood quite a bit, but uh, okay. William Harding actually knows him from I believe Appalachian Wrestling. Okay. So he's um he's a David Marquez guy. Gotcha. Slice Boogie, I don't know, but Jax Dane is a former NWA champion and um Tim Storm's former tag team partner. Okay. Well, I recognize his name. I just haven't seen him a lot. Yeah. Um, and then I saw we had a television title up there with uh, the Pope. Is a champ versus uh one of your guys that you like a lot. That uh Litmeyer, uh, Litmeyer. How you say it, Tom? Yeah, Tom uh, Latimer. 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 Yeah. He's want to fucking uh, deadlift your ass, won't he? Uh, no, that was his tag team partner. That was his partner. That's who who that. is now at AEW. Unfortunately, the NWA lost a lot of talent over the last year. Yes, they did. Yes, yeah. they did. Um, but Tom Latimer is still a, a badass on his own. Uh, yeah. Trevor Murdoch, of course, is a match I'm looking forward to. But let's go ahead and talk about that Nick. Was the one I was, that's the one I think. Yeah. Uh, that That's the one I think would be pretty just good to watch because I think it's going to be a really old school style match. Yeah. Trevor so, Murdoch's a lot of fun to watch because it is yeah. just straight up. They they book it like, well, in the past, they had always booked it like an old school NWA match. Thank you. Okay. And you want to talk about Nick Aldis? But let's, yeah. So Nick Aldis is a guy that when I first started watching him, like, you know, he looks good in the ring. Okay. I mean, he, his look is great. You know, the suits are nice. He carries the belt well. He looks like a world champion should probably look, you know? Yeah. But they were booking him like a tweener and it fucking wasn't working. And you weren't really sure where he was coming from. And then one day he just like, Went with the heel thing. Mm-hmm. 
and just like uh, jumped leaps and bounds at that moment. He just like his game went up solidly every week as he started getting more comfortable with being a heel champion. I'm hoping he can pick up right where he left off. Yeah, because there at the end, he was really turning it up a notch, man. Yeah, uh, he before was. The NWA, you know, did, well, for this whole Corona thing. Yeah. But anyway. Um, the Aaron like Stevens. That. Yeah, uh, Aaron Stevens. I think he's funny. He was great with uh, the question mark. Uh, yeah. You know, rest in peace, Joseph Hudson, Josephus. Uh, this is a tribute match for, right. you know, for Joseph Hudson. I don't know a lot about Aaron Stevens. I guess he was in the WWE at one point. I don't. Yeah, he done pretty good up there actually. Yeah, uh, just doing his doing the gimmick that he was given, or or maybe he'd come up with on his own with creative. But yeah, he he done he done all right with that. I I, I actually enjoyed it. It was theatrical. Yeah, um, so it was actually something that looked kind of hard to pull off unless you knew what the fuck you were doing, and he pulled it off. You know. Yeah. Well, so, so uh, I'm hoping he turns out to be. I, I'm hoping this turns out to be a good match. I would like to see the NWA get a good uh, you know good chunk of business coming back. Yeah, I definitely yeah, enjoyed it. Too. Yeah, um, I, I do want to get into something real quick before we jump into our yeah, regular show do. here. So uh, my brother, I went over to my mom's house for dinner this week. And my brother tells me, um, hey, did you see that David Marquez they said he's done with the NWA? He wasn't invited back. And David Marquez did a lot of heavy lifting on the NWA previously. Right. Um, you know, and he's been a wrestling promoter for 25 or 30 years. I think 25 years at least. Yeah. He's, he just, you turn me on to him actually. Yeah. He just opened up Memphis. He has an established one in Arizona, established in Hollywood. He just opened one up in San Francisco. He also just had announced his own world championship with the United Wrestling Network. Now they had already had a TV champion and tag team champions and basically if you have a TV deal, you can join the United Wrestling Network with your wrestling company, and you get shots at the titles. Okay, so now they've announced their own world champion, which I thought was going to be a bit of a conflict of interest with him promoting for the NWA, since that's really what they had going for them was the world championship. All right, so get past that. He says, hey, I don't have anything to do with him anymore, blah, blah, blah. Then... Mm-hmm. He starts tweeting out that a lot of the guys on the NWA show this weekend are his. Then he starts tweeting out that yeah. he was the guy who brought the NWA champion to China. And either he's he's rubbing salt in a wound or he's pushing an invasion angle. I don't know which. I, but it seems... Yeah, I think there's something going behind the scene from what you're telling me. Yeah, it, it seems like something's building, right? Yeah. He uh, tweeted just a couple hours ago wishing um, uh, Billy Trask, returning today, director of at NWA programming, kill it tonight on at Fight TV. So he's still up uh, even five hours ago. He's putting fun times. has pictures of him at uh, NWA Power with several of the you know talents there. So, yeah, um, it looks if, if he's not, you know, he could be just someone just being nice and, and not being an asshole, uh, mad at a former uh employee uh, situation with the, some of these people and, you know, boss management type thing. But then again, they could be planning something big, and I hope the fuck they are. Hope, hope it's some foreshadowing uh, because he seems like a pretty good guy and seems like he knows what the fuck he's doing with the rest of the business. So that's just my opinion. And I know, Jeremy, I know we're getting ready to go to uh, Jeffrey in a second. I want to say something. Yeah. As I was just now getting riled up here saying that, I dropped the big F-bomb. 
Okay, that's just because the way I talk, I just happen to hear myself say it there, you know, good fucking luck to him or whatever. Like I just now meant to say at that time, we had talked, folks, if you're out there, bear with me. Uh, we're talking about trying to put some kind of gimmick over that. Uh, my bad language or the professor's bad language, if we drop an F-bomb, it is not intentional. We're not trying to be a shock jock. We're not trying to... Uh, lose viewers or listeners, we're not trying to, you know, we love to gain you, but uh, maybe dropping that many F-bombs is not, not the smartest way to gain some of our other younger uh, crowds or, or whoever, you know, our target audience is or whatever, but uh, we talk about trying to clean it up some. So I'm going to try my best to. I won't promise you anything, but if not, I think the professor may come up with a, I think you mentioned a swear jar. And, uh, and, um, I think starting next week we're going to institute a swear jar. <laughs> And I'm not gonna, how you're sure you're going to do it, but tell me or tell tell our fans what you thought of well, what the so, idea or premise was for it. Yeah, so um, we have to put an explicit tag on our show every week, which limits how far iTunes and other companies will push our show. Um, so I figure if we can clean up our language, we should be able to reach a wider audience. Um, yeah, I'll try. I'll well, try. you know, that's the thing. It's both of us. This is how we talk. So I don't know how <laughs> yeah. successful it's going to be. Right. But I'm going to, I'm going to put together a swear jar and then every time we cuss, we're going to have to drop a quarter in it. Yeah. Um, you got to put some kind of sound effect out there or mm-hmm, something. Mm-hmm. Change it in a jar or a pinball machine lighting up or I think Tex did a couple on YouTube where he put like a woohoo or something like that in there, you know, just yeah. a, uh, some kind of sound over, you know, uh, some of them did slip in there, you know, on some of those, but uh, had an F-bomb on them. But um, but anyway, yeah, we'll have to try to do something like that. But anyway, look here, we've got to get into our program title, man, is um, I know I want to say I lost on Jeopardy, uh, our love's in Jeopardy, but it's um, it's we're in Jeopardy, man. And we've got five uh, topics going across here. Um, we've got uh, the NWA. Now, imagine Jeopardy out there, folks. If you haven't watched Jeopardy, uh, I imagine all of our audience has. If you haven't, um, turn it on some evening, you know, and enjoy yourself. It's a fun game show. If you have time, you like that kind of stuff. But we're going to do the NWA, the AWA, the WWE, Champions, and Pot Pori. Pot, <laughs> pot, pot, how you say that? Pot, 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 potpourri. Potpourri, yes. Potpourri, Bob. Okay, so anyway, some of these, if it's an easy question, it's probably one I came up with. <laughs> if it's a more difficult one, it's probably one the professor came up with. So uh, what we're going to do, I think what we'll do it is we'll just kind of read these questions. Give a half a second. Now, we're not going to let the uh, heavy dead air time out there, but uh, we're not going to answer it right that second. So our fans will have a second to say, oh, I know that answer, and I would have got that question right if you were uh, on Jeopardy. Uh, is that correct, Professor? That is correct. Okay. Open us up on the board. I think we agreed to go. Are we going to do each category or jump away? Are you going to, as we do a category, are you going to lead it off our screen? How are we going to do this? You well, gonna, I think I think uh, once we start a category, we'll probably stick with it. Okay. okay. Um, but But if you close one down, you get to pick the next topic. Okay, and we've got five uh, five questions under each uh, uh, topic, correct? Yes. Okay, so we've got about 25 questions here, folks. I uh, hope you enjoy it, um, and uh, I don't know, hell, uh, do you want to ask me first? I want to ask you first. Where do you want to start at first? Uh, go from there. I don't know. Hell, let's have fun. Well, here, I'll, I'll start you off. What, what okay. topic do you want to open with? 
Oh man. Um, I think I will start with because I, these were some of your questions. My first question you put up here. I think I'll start with uh, champions for oh, 100 okay. or whatever it was. I, I like that. Um, All right. I was the first AWA champion. I immediately want to say Vern Gagne, but I know I'm wrong. You would be wrong. The first. <laughs> uh, I would go. Mm-hmm. Yes, I would say who is. And I, once I, I saw the question, like, yeah, okay, I know this one. But it took me a second because, like I said, that was what I wanted to say at first. But it, who is Pat O'Connor? I actually knew that one. Yeah. So, okay. That's a good question, by the way. I, I like that one. I knew it was your question. Um, so, anyway, take me from there. I guess I'll go to, uh, I'll stay in champions. Is that right? Uh, we'll stay in champions. Yeah. So, okay. this team won our greatest tag team of all time. Uh, I guess countdown or top ten award. Yeah, on our top ten, we had top tag teams. Uh, if you're out there, I think our fans probably have a pretty good idea who we had. Um, I know it was Texas. I know it's ours. Um, fans, if uh, if you're playing along at home, you should have answered by now. Who is it, Professor? Or am I supposed to answer it? Well, if you I'm know the answer, who are the Midnight Express? That, that is yeah. Who that are the Midnight is, Express? That is correct. Yeah. It was the Midnight Express that's, won our uh, won our countdown. Yeah. Um, and it, it, I don't think it was even a close one. Like I mean, I think like we started the list knowing we were going to end up there. You know? Yeah. Everyone is right in. If, if the Midnight Express is not on the top of this list, you know, yeah. all of our fans did. Uh, next question there. All and right. The, we'll play it to the you know play it to the hilt here. So all right. Ahead. The next question here. These are two of the AWA mid-card titles, so name any two AWA mid-card championships. Um, okay, straight shoot. Uh, the Southern title, and um, that's all I know. Okay, so there'd be this, and, and actually that could be two because there was also yep. the Southern Tag Team Championships. Okay, gotcha. Uh, there was, be, I, I remember the Southern title and the Southern Tag, you're right, but yep. but... Obviously, there's more answers. I don't know. Yep. The Amer- there's the, now, yeah, there's, there's the America's Champion, which um, is me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am the AWA America's Champion, and prove me wrong. Um, right. Yep, right. There was the Light Heavyweight Champion, of which uh, Mr. Electricity Steve Regal was one of. Of course, there were the Southern. Uh, that's correct. Thank you. Mm-hmm. There were the Southern titles, the tag, and the singles. There were the International World titles, which were used at CWA as well. So there were tag and singles championships that were also defended partially there and partially in Japan. And there were also British Commonwealth titles. Okay. Yeah. Now there was other stuff like the Omaha championship and things that were in there as well, but. Okay. Well, I guess it's for me, my time to ask you a question, staying under the category of champions, correct? Yes, sir. Uh, I have held more world titles than any other wrestler. And that is an easy one to answer. Who is Jerry the King Waller? Yeah, that's a $100 question down there in a fucking $400 cat at top $400 area. Yeah. Well, well, how many titles did he own? Uh, I believe the official one. count is 168. I think you're correct because we had that on a previous show, and that yeah. is the correct answer. And you get the uh, your turn at the board, sir. All right, let's go with let's go with AWA. A-W-A. Okay. Uh, (laughs) 
damn if you don't get this one, Professor. Okay. I won the AWA title in May of 1988. Who am I? Or however you want to answer it, Derek. 88. Well, there's only two people it could be, but it's too early for Zabisco, so it's Jerry Lawler. Yes, you are correct, sir. <laughs> Jerry Lawler. Uh, and I've done some business with the, the king himself. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I was, t- I was thinking something, too. I saw Lawler back in 84 in Lexington one time. Uh, I was down there. I went to several matches in 80. I uh, don't know if I went to 83 in Lexington. I think I may have went to one, but I definitely in 84 went to several in Lexington. And I remember standing almost well, right where the wrestlers used to come out at, and, and Lawler was standing by himself. And um, uh, I was standing right there, and I was like, ah, he's he's – He's not overly big, you know. Um, uh, I know he's Jerry the King Lawler. I'm, uh, man, I just wanted to, you know, how do you get in this business kind of thing, you know. But I just stood there looking like, I'm, I'm going to get in this business someday, sir, you know, uh, thinking that, you know, because I got a better story when I did ask Don Morocco about uh, <laughs> how do you get into the wrestling business. You ever heard me tell that? No. Uh, yeah, yeah. So 84, my brother and uncle and two of my friends were in Huntington, West Virginia. So I didn't ask Lawler, but I ended up doing business with him. So I learned to get into business because what I wanted to ask him in 84 was, how do you get into the business? But no, um, uh, Don Morocco, they had these drinks at the uh, Civic Center called the Double, the Double Dribble. Basically, it was a, um, uh, a double dunk or a double dribble. It was about a 22 ounce, uh, uh, thing of beer you could get. You know, I'm not sure it's quite four, 24, but it's 22. I know that. Uh, in a paper cup and Rocco was up there and no one was around. He was at the very last, um, uh, concession stand near the back where the boys come out right where they have it blocked off. So my two buddies stay in the stand, but my brother and my uncle and I, we come around the corner, we're taking a whiz, whatever there's Morocco. We see him. He's grabbing four beers for these big suckers without a, without a holder, right? Mm -hmm. Two in each hand. And, um, I get there first and, and, uh, I'm right to the table where the cutoff is, where you're not supposed to go behind, right? And because um, the curtain's like ten feet behind that, and I go, "Hey, hey, Mr. Rocco, hey, Mr. Rocco, how do you get to the wrestling business?" Well, I've already said, "Hey, Mr. Rocco." He turns around, pride of instinct, because um, someone's yelling at him. Yeah. He turns around, sees it's just me and my two uncles, or my brother and uncle rather. And so it's not like a big crowd of people, or we're not harassing them. I just like, you know, I said, "Man," and he's holding four beers. <laughs> And he, he goes, yeah. And I go, man, how do you get in this business? He he sets the cuffs down on that table, and I'm we're slowly approaching. We're not like real close, but we're getting closer to where he's at, the cutoff barrier. He picks up one of the beers and just downs it, man. I mean, just that 22 ounces is golf. Now he was in like the second or third day, so he had a good sweat going on. Mm-hmm. He picks up the other three beers, turns around. Just lets out the biggest belch in the world, and he goes, "I don't know. See the promoter, kid." <laughs> <laughs> and me and my uncle and brother, we just start rolling, man. But this time, about four or five other guys have come back here, you know, seeing where we were at. Like they thought they'd get back backstage too, but dude, by the time them other people, other fans got there, we were cracking up so loud, man, because uh, he just let that cut fall, picked up the three beers. But, and I told Morocco that story. We were in a van together over in Australia. And I, 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 he was real friendly. I saw him on a plane and I walked from Hawaii over. And, um, but we didn't talk until like the next day when we got there, you know, jet 
flagged and doing our stuff. He probably was because he flew in from Hawaii. Uh, that's where I made my connection. But anyway, a few days into it, I said, hey, he's a pretty good dude. Go ahead and tell him, man. So um, I, there was a bench between us on the uh, the, the bus. Uh, like I left an empty seat in front of us. He was in the, he was in the passenger side. Then I was in like the second seat back. There was bags in the second seat. So I was like thirsty. I'm like, I'm away from enough. It, it, someone will get him off of me if he, if he goes nuts on me or something. You know? <laughs> but I told him that story. And he, he turned around and he goes, he was kind of looking at me, you know, listening to it. And there's a couple of people on the bus, you know, three or four people, uh, uh, the van rather, uh, besides us, uh, we was in a heel van. And, uh, uh, he says, you know what that means, don't you, Bobby? And I said, no. And he goes, we'll have to have a beer later on tonight. And I go, all right, man, you know. So we did. That was cool. But anyway, back to the, you know, hope you like that story from Australia with Don Morocco. But I wanted to ask Jerry Lawler when I saw him, because I was about 10 feet away from him, hey, King, how do you get the rest in the business? I know he's a teetotaler, so he probably would have drank, but he probably would have said the same damn thing. See the promoter kid. Okay, so we're still under AWA. You got it right. I get to ask you a question again. I was the last AWA champion. Larry Zabisco. Wrong. Huh? That's who I would have guessed, too, I think. I would have guessed the same thing. I did not know the answer. Are you ready for the answer? I am. It is, who is? I am vacated. He oh. makes it appear for our show again. I oh. am vacated. Okay. <laughs> I would have guessed the Bisco too, my friend. We both would have got that one wrong. How did you do out there, wrestling fans in our audience? <laughs> um, I don't know. Oof. Well, I sounded yeah. pretty confident when I said that, too, didn't I? Yeah, and I think I would have as well. So yeah. uh, shout out to Vacated. I am vacated there. Yeah. hope you're still listening at this point. Mm-hmm. Um so I guess we're under uh, the next, uh, we're still on AWA. Still on and, AWA. Um, yes. All right, Bobby. So Ray Stevens, Bobby Duncan, and Nick Bockwinkle were a part of what faction in the AWA? Uh, man, um, I would say, without trying to look at the answer, uh, if I knew it, I would say, Bobby Heenan had something to do with it, so he'd be their manager. Mm-hmm. And I'd say it was probably um, uh, Bobby Heenan's stable, to be honest with you. I, probably, I may have said family second, so I'm not going to lie. I, I would have said you know, the Heenan stable or something. I don't know. I, okay. I, I knew Heenan would have done with it, but I don't know if I'd have said family or stable well, or just uh, Hannon, the Heenan clan, to be honest. You know, so I well, know. So, so you would be right. If Heenan had horses, because you keep horses in right. a stable, <laughs> yeah. he had the family, <laughs> the point. Heenan family, yes. <laughs> good point, sir, yes. <laughs> That's pretty damn good, man. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I would, I, I, I would have probably said stable first. But, okay, the Heenan family. Yeah. And uh, that's some talented guys. We had them under uh, wrestling's all-time great stables, uh when we done we done a you know podcast on that top ten, but yeah he um but we know that was a, that was a family you're right all right so back to you um I think you'll get this one for some reason I really do because you've referenced it before at the top of our program several mm-hmm. times I never get it uh, the question or the, the the answer is the A W these A W A wrestlers appeared at the beginning of what movie the Freebirds Gray Gagne uh, Tonga Kid and Jumpin Jim Brunzel. That one, I don't even have to pause. That was the Highlander, and they said it was at Madison Square Garden. I just don't know if the AWA ever did shows at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. 
not to my knowledge. Yeah. But that's how the movie opens, and uh, I yep. almost, I almost didn't watch that movie because it started with a wrestling scene. I was like, "What the fuck am I getting myself into?" <laughs> well, it's your turn on the board still. Uh, where you want to go? We've eliminated champions and AWA, so we have left your choice of uh, the NWA, the WWF, or some of that pot, uh, pure pot, pop, pop, Pot Puri. Pot Puri. There you yeah. go. <laughs> um, you That's know, real, a lot of work. I just can't pronounce that word. Puri. I don't know. Speaking of Pot Puri, I believe yeah. that uh, Don Morocco used to live in a city I lived in for a while called Santa Cruz. And if that was the case, I heard it because somebody told me they got really fucking high over a whole weekend with Don Morocco. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I you know, he used to be a surfer, right? Yeah, yeah, and San, and Santa Cruz, yeah, that's cool. No, Santa Cruz would definitely be a place to live if you're a surfer. I know Micah used to get up early and go surfing some days when we lived there. So, um, know, yeah, uh, let's go with the let's go with the WWE. WWE, okay, you know, you need to think about for a second when hmm. we go there, uh. That could be a future topic. Morocco's names come up several times just in the last few minutes, and we're not going to the WWE, so I don't think it comes back up one here, but that may be a guy we do in the future. Oh, uh, we don't yeah. talk about enough. So yeah. I don't know, just an idea. Okay, top uh, 100 question. Um, I won my first WWE title at the age of 28 in 1963. Who am I? 63? Oh, but at twenty eight, okay. I, yeah, I was I, I was gonna say somebody else in sixty three, but um, twenty eight. Well, it can't be Buddy Rogerson, so it's got to be. Is that too early for Bruno? Bruno San Martino. Yeah, okay. He that's the one where he he uh, we talked about. I think on uh, in uh, WWF champions was um, does a match. Buddy had missed a cut couple of shows where he went to the hospital some heart problems That's right and then i think they'd done the match in like 43 seconds bruno come in he had been suspended actually from the wwf he had missed uh shows in baltimore and um somewhere else uh chicago maybe i can't i'm not it's an east coast place but nonetheless WWF let, her, WWF let him go and find him like 500 or something but uh, he always thought mcmahon it was he thought something shady going on. But anyway, long story short, he was going to take some bookings. I think in California, end up going up to Canada, um, end up coming da- uh, over there for Jack Tunney. And by that time, that's when they they said, hey, we'll pay your five hundred dollar fine, come back. And that's when Bruno really, you know, so mm-hmm. yeah, nineteen sixty three. Uh, I think he. I don't know for a fact where he won that title. I was going to say, I know he had defended it in Baltimore uh, during some of those early times. I'm not sure that's where he won it at, but um, I, I, he may have at Baltimore Civic Center. I'm not sure. All right, so you got that right, Bruno. Let's go to the next one. Uh, I made my WWE debut on November 22nd, 1990. November 22nd. Well, that would be yeah. Thanksgiving, so it's the gobbledygooker. I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> okay, so that's a double whammy here. I know it's a different game show, but uh, I'm going to whammy you because you're correct. 
And I started to put that as my answer, too, and that's who I probably would have fucking put, and we both would have been wrong because actually we know it's The Undertaker. Oh, that's <laughs> But it was the gobbly cook, man, or whatever. It was, uh, 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 what's his name? Hector. Was Hector or Mondo? Yeah, it was Hector. It was Hector, it was Hector yeah. Guerrero, yeah. Come out, uh, with the egg, what is it, big old turkey egg? Is that what it was? Eggshell? <laughs> I don't know, man. They, uh, they promoted that for, what, a month and a half ahead of time? Yeah, yeah, about four to six weeks for sure, man. Yeah, oh, For sure, if God. not longer, actually. It might have been an eight-week promo. I don't know. Yeah, they were uh, ready for that. Okay, well, I guess I, um, okay, so I, I bit the dust on that one, so let me ask, yeah. you, the, let me um, ask you the next I question. I think I would have, too, man, yeah. Um, okay. A little, a little red faced over here, but okay. Oh, uh, okay. Let me see. What is the what is the correct way to do this one? All right. Who won the 1994 Royal Rumble? Um. Okay. I know the answer to this one. Um. It, it was kind of a tricky question. Uh. Kind of like the gobbly googler there. <laughs> that that should have been. Uh, yeah, we so I I know the answer because this was um I would say one of these two guys and I'd be right because they both were co-winners and that was Lex Luger and Bret Hart they eliminate each other simultaneously I think and that's why I knew that I don't know this happened before or since but uh, I knew that year there was a uh, uh, co-winners it was Bret Hart and Lex Luger correct or not uh yeah that's um, okay. that matches Today, the answer I have. Okay, and I'm not sure, um, the only thing I wasn't sure of, and I didn't go back and watch it, to be honest with you, the even ending of it, when they eliminate each other, I don't. I think they're supposed to both even touch the floor at the same time or whatever it was, and they did, so it's one of those things. It wasn't any, uh, anything more than that. They were just co-winners of it. Boy, Luger, how do you, how, okay. I guess he was the, uh, was he the narcissist then, I guess? I don't know if mm. he was even then the narcissist. But okay, that was definitely during one of the periods I wasn't watching. Um, but how do you time two people hitting the floor simultaneously? I get that's probably, that's probably camera editing, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It it was close. Um, they both just went over the top at the same time. It may have been a, like you said, it may have been something more as far as the floor editing there. Yeah. Um, okay. I've got a tough one coming up. It looks like, uh, staying in that category. All right. Okay. Bobby. What does Vince McMahon hate more than anything? I'm going to give you my straight answer, okay? Okay. And folks at home, you probably already know the answer. I don't know. My answer would be um, getting um, sneezed on or coughed on uh, around him. He hates people that sneezes or coughs around him. And that's that's one of my OCD things too, but um, especially nowadays. But yeah, um, that's my answer is is he hates when people cough or sneeze around him. Okay, uh, you're close. He hates yeah. pro wrestling more than anything else. I, I should have caught it because you're fucking uh, rant against the WWE uh, uh, a few couple years back. There, if you haven't seen that, folks, go to our YouTube channel at tinyurl.com/slash. BB, BB video, uh, it's one on there that Tex edited down from one of our top tens, and Jeremy and I talk about um, WWE, and Jeremy goes on a rant about the fucking W. We didn't discourage anyone from reading them. 
uh, read them, uh, watching them or, or not buying their network. We didn't do that. But Jeremy went on a pretty good rant about WWE hates wrestling. So I should have got, I should have got that. But that's just things I've heard from all the podcasts I listen to. I've heard Jim Cornette mention. I've heard Arn mention it. Uh, someone else too. I can't think of who it was. Uh, one more guy, uh, wow. during the podcast mentioned that. So okay. that's why I said that so, answer. That was my answer. All right. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you the actual points, but, but for our purposes, he hates pro wrestling, but you're, yeah, you're yeah. correct. What does he yeah. really hate? Yeah. The idea of being exposed to germs. There you go. All Thank right. you. Uh, anyway, do you want back on the board or my? No, no, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you that one. Okay, give me that one. All right. I'm going to go to, I guess, um, NWA. NWA. Okay. I was the first NWA champion in 1948. Okay. I know the answer because we've done this program. The, uh, very, when we first got back together, we'd done pre NWA. NWA champion was a program. Go to the archives and check it out. Uh, the first one we did was we did the NWA one. Um, and of course, a lot of people at home, if you don't know it by now, it's Orville Brown. Don't stop, jump out there and say Luthez because that's where I about went. But I wanted to say Orville Brown first in 1940. He was a champion. Um, correct or not? That is correct. It was Orville Brown. Um, of course, Orville Brown's time was cut short by a car wreck, which is how we get to yes. Luthez. Yes, sir. And we discussed that in the past, and that was uh, two of our really good programs earlier on once we got back together. So uh, check check in, check again in our archives. Uh, I'm mostly, I got to stay at NWA, I guess. So. Um, all right. We were known as the Awesome Twosome and Tag Champs in 1986. Um, who were Manny Fernandez and Rick Rude? Yep, and came out to the song We Will Rock You, and it was one of the badassest entrances on a little studio show ever. And they beat the fuck out of people. Yeah, they, they did. They were tough, legit tough. Were they? And I knew that. Uh, go ahead. Were they the guys that cornered the rock and roll? Like, got Ricky in the corner and just slugged the shit out of him and broke his arm or something was how they got it? Or am I remembering? Uh, Man, uh, sounds familiar, but hell, um, that might have been the horseman, but I just, yeah, um, these guys were badass when they were, yeah, yeah. they were tough, man. And I I knew that from Manny because I thought I'd met Manny a few times, more than a few times, and and um, Manny's got some stories, I'll tell you that. And um, if you listen to anything on watch them on YouTube. You, you you can catch some of his stories there. Uh, but he was telling me about when Rude went to New York and he still had the titles and, you know, he had done big business in Florida as had rude, of course, so that they knew dusty pretty good. And apparently I guess when dusty, uh, come, come to Manny and he's like, you know, where's your partner at? And Manny's like, fuck if I know I'm a grown man, you know, I take care of my business. I'm here, dusty, you know, and, um, uh, rude already jumped to, uh, New York, you mm-hmm. know? And, uh, so I guess he said, I don't know, you know, you just hear saying stuff, but, uh, uh, they wanted him to drop the titles or something. And he goes, well, you know, how are we going to drop them with, you know, to whoever? And I don't know how that played out, but Gordon Manny said, uh, he goes, we need to bring the titles in or something. Manny says something like, I said, well, something, which sounds like, you know, but, uh, but yeah, that's how I knew that one. Um, 
That's a good good NWA question. Uh, it seemed like they had a uh, the the R and R. It seemed like they had another name with that too. I can't remember what it was, but uh, but they they had some good they had some good matches. They were tough guys, man. But they could go. They could both go. You know, oh, yeah. they could work. Absolutely. Um, they 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 could well, both go, man. And they were both um, guys you don't fuck with too, right? Like like outside. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Both of them yeah, were no, guys. That's yeah. Kidding, you know, yeah, you don't want to. Oh man, I've I've heard stories about uh, both of them in clubs and in in, in uh, um, street fights, you know, for real. And um, uh, yeah, they're they're legit dudes, man. Uh, I talked to uh, I was at a show there was a couple of guys that they were uh, North Carolina State Patrolmen uh, uh, doing a gimmick, you know, and they was talking about um, <laughs> they had to take me out of a cell one night because uh, uh, there's no. Secret that he had, you know, had a few drinks after the show or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, they had to come and get him out of the cell because there was like four or five other guys in there, and, and they was all scared. And he's like, yeah. "You got to get the guy out of here. You know, he's going to kill us." They knew who he was, but now I'll tell you this: we went to, I booked Manny. He come up with Frank Murdoch, and uh, we had a uh, Tracy Smothers. Uh, Terry Gordy couldn't make it. That's why Manny ended up coming in. Gordy was originally booked, but he was still fit. He just had finished with New York, but he. Ended up getting a couple more bookings uh, for them as the executioner, I think, at the time. And we went to, we went to, Manny was up in Beckley, West Virginia, and had a ring set up and stuff. And um, uh, we had training, and he had some matches there and this and that. But we booked him on his show in um, Lewisburg, West Virginia. It was a good Smoky Mountain show. We only done it about once every three months up there. The TV was good. It uh, uh, not too far from Beckley. So, uh, you know, it was, it was on the loop, though. But anyway, so I took over at town for a couple, maybe two or three shows. I'd take over. I said, I, they let me come in. The promoter, uh, uh, we, they was with the uh, one of the, the, the groups, like the Kiwanis Club or something. I'd kept good communication with them. They said, hey, can you put us together a show? And, of course, you know, Smoky Mountain. I said, yeah, I ran like three shows up there. Doing all right. Not Smoky Mountain business, but good business. And yeah. anyway... We're at the arena. We'd already done it. was a 4th of July week, and we'd done like July 4th, 5th, and 6th. I think it was our 3rd, 4th, and 5th. And I had three Smoky Mountain towns lined up. They all did really good. Um, anyway, we're there at the arena, and here comes the police in. And they said, uh, yeah, we're looking for Manny Fernandez. <laughs> and <laughs> um, I just sit there, man. I was like, I ain't stooging him out, but I know right where he's at, you know. A couple other guys are just sitting there, and they go, we're heard that Manny Fernandez is booking a show. Uh, do you know when he's expected to be here? Manny comes out of the locker room, and he goes, I'm right here. <laughs> they start talking to him. I don't know what I was said. He calls me over there. I'm talking to the police. Yes, sir. You know, to the policeman, he goes, um, we got Manny here, and Manny said, Bobby, you know, it's a little bit of tr-. And he starts telling me it's a little bit of trouble he got in, which I didn't know. I'm like, uh, I guess he owed some money to someone. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I know he didn't owe me any money, and I know I'd probably owe him money, and I didn't want to fucking deal with, you know. Yeah. So he went, the police said, here's a deal. Because um, I was a promoter, that's why he called me over there. And the guy's name, those two brothers, those Campbells was their last name that was over to Qantas. Anyway, uh, dude, they said, Will you give us your word um, that uh, you will make sure he comes to the police station as soon as the show's over uh, because he has an outstanding warrant for this arrest? And um, uh, I think it was on the Saturday night show, and he said, you know, judge won't be until Monday. So uh, uh, basically it's asking for collateral, and I'm like, fuck, I ain't got any collateral. You know what I'm saying? I ain't yeah. getting up here and fucking putting my ring up or, uh, you know, 
salaries or anything. I was paying the boys that night or anything. But anyway, it all worked out. So no shit. We all went to the police station, me and a couple guys I'd riding with, and a couple guys from down in North Carolina that had had uh, come up for the show, and a couple guys from West Virginia was working the show. Dude, we followed me down to the damn police station, and he went there. That's 10 o'clock at night. Winter turned himself in, and I, I don't I, I don't know if. If I, I can't remember the bullshit charges or whatever it was. It's something legit. I'm saying bullshit. Uh, we stayed to midnight and we all was like, man, I got to go. You know, it's, the show's been over for two hours. I could have been home by now, you know. And he goes, oh, it's all right. I'll be out of here. Because they was assuring us that the judge was going to let him go at midnight uh, because they, little small town, you know. Yeah. And he thought he had to wait till Monday. Well, long story short, man, um, he went to jail. We left. We left uh, right at about midnight. And then. And um, the next day, when we got to the next town, uh, he was there, you know, and the guys in the ring truck, uh, they said, yeah, we come through uh, a little bit after midnight. Here comes Manny walking out of jail up there, man. <laughs> so uh, uh, just one of those funny stories. I don't know. Hell, I'm talking too much today, but that's my answer. Fuck it. Give me another one. All right. Um, the NWA Board of Directors wouldn't let who drop the title to either Vern Gagne or Buddy Rogers, causing two big rifts and other companies to separate themselves from the NWA. I do not know. Okay. That one is Lou Fez. Yeah, I don't know why I I didn't know that, because I think we talked about that on our NWA show, didn't we? I believe we did, yeah. And I just drew a blank, because I guess I just, my mind was still in that right fucking man he was, uh, how Tom Coy collected he was, was about you. Know, I, I apologize. Now back to you, the last one here on NWA. Yeah. We are tied as holding the NWA presidency the most number of times. So, who was that? Um, oh, shit. Okay. Sam Muchnick and Jim Crockett. I would have put Crockett in there for sure. Who'd you say, Sam? Yeah, Sam Muchnick, yeah. That's who I would have put, too, but you've missed it. It's Bob Geigel. Bob Geigel. I and wouldn't. Jim Crockett, Jr. Okay, yeah. well, Jim Crockett Jr. I thought was I thought that was a I thought that was a gimme. Yeah, we are tied as holding the NWA presidency the most numbers of years, and it was Geigel and Jim Crockett Jr. And I would have been like you, I'd have put Sam up there too, but I didn't. Um, I think you're right with the uh, Jim Crockett Jr. being a you know, and you could maybe I don't know. Um, yeah, Bob Geigel, um, Sam Music. Um, might have even guessed them two instead of Jim Crockett Jr. Maybe I would have. Well, I except I, I I would have too. Except I know that Jim Crockett Jr. there at the end had a lock on the presidency, and he served. They said almost more than anybody. It was the thing I had heard one time. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so that's the only one. That's the. I mean, that's why I know that. But uh, as okay. far as the other, I I wouldn't even have guessed Bob Geigel. Okay. All right, man. Where are we off to? Oh man, pop potpourri, pop potpourri. Yep. All right, Bobby. The all-time greatest game show host. I know this. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Chuck Woolery. Two <laughs> minutes and two seconds from Ashland, Kentucky. Ashland, Kentucky, Chuck Woolery. That's uh, hmm. my answer. 
Okay. Well, the answer we have written down here is Alex Trebek. Yes, I know that. Who I is know that. Alex You're correct. Trebek? And I think he did it. You told me, I think, 36 years, right? As long yep. as running. Okay. Our Chuck Woolery is from Ashland. And back in the um, 90s, he's got a street named after him down here. I did not uh, know that. Some people have their streets. Uh, several. Uh, Brandon Webb was the Cy Young Award winner. Um, trying to think of some other. Uh, Billy Ray has a part of the uh, uh, Country Music Hall of Fame. The Judds, this section of Route 23 is known as uh, the Country Music Hall uh, Highway there. The Judds went. Bobby Blaze, what the fuck? No. Uh, but anyway, back to Chuck Woolery. Yeah, down by the park, he has a, um, a street named after him. And back in the 90s, he come in to be Grand Marshal for the uh, Christmas uh, parade. Our Christmas parade always takes place the first, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. And um, so I was at the YMCA working out, uh, doing some training. Uh, had been associated with that wife since I was a young kid. Had stayed a member there for years. And anyway, uh, Chuck Woolery comes in, man, and he's got this smoking hot wife with him. Yeah, like I don't know which wife this was. I think it was three. It could have been four. I think at the time it's third. But uh, so anyway, I, I don't know which one it was. But uh, had a young daughter with him. She went over to you know UCM or whatever. But anyway. Uh, young, I'm saying like maybe 15, 16, something like that. But um, so Chuck Woolery comes in, got a tank top on. He's tan. He's got his Hollywood whole look to him. You know, it's a Saturday morning. It's dead, too, by the way, just so everyone knows that. The, the This is a Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, so everyone's been out shopping and fuck all, you know, whatever, Friday and probably that Saturday morning. So he comes in with this little tank top on, goes and picks up some 20-pound dumbbells, and it starts doing like a quick kind of a pump, you know. And – uh just kind of looking around and uh, just speak, a couple people speak to him and this and that. And like, oh, that's Chuck Wolver, know who it is, you know. So uh, he comes back by and he goes, Do you show me where the health club's at? A real nice guy. He didn't say it to Ash Holish or nothing like that. Like, yeah, you walked by coming in. It's right here because that's where the Whirlpool, that's where he should have been at, honestly. He was going in there where the men's health club where it has a more smaller workout area, more private. Also, it had the steam sauna. He, he is the triple threat workout, steam, sauna, and shower. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's what he was looking for and tanning beds. But, um, dude, I went back into the fit to the fitness place, uh, the fitness forum, Kid you not, his wife's got these tight, hot fucking yoga pants on, man. Great legs. I'm just telling you. She's got this hoodie on, though, right? Mm-hmm. And she goes over to the squat rack. And I was in pretty good shape. I had my mullet. I had a tan. You know, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Um, sitting there, to, you get, go back to do my routine. I look up in a mirror. She's stepping underneath a squat bar, and she looks up, and we make eye contact. Now, I kid you not, this is a true story, man. So, uh, I'm like, holy fuck, Hollywood blonde, classic Hollywood blonde look, which okay. I got my certain type, okay? Yeah. That's, that's not my type, but also I have another type called female. That's mm-hmm. my type. <laughs> and dude, she steps back away from, she just had to borrow and she steps back underneath the squat rack, reaches across with each arm like you do in a fucking TV show. Instead of just reaching down the sides and pulling your hoodie up and taking it off, she does it almost like she's doing a strip tease. She takes this big-ass fucking hoodie off, okay, and now you can see 
The yoga pants only come up to, you know, probably bottom of belly button. Big mid-drift right there, clearing. And the greatest, you can just tell in this halter top, sports bra, one of the greatest sets of tits I've probably ever seen in my life without revealing to the nipple part. You know what I'm saying? I mean, my God, they were fucking great. And she smiles at me, and I walk over there, and I'm like, oh, man. I, I mean, I could tell she's flirting. I, you know, I ain't stupid. So I'm like, I said, do you need some help with this? She goes, yeah, I if you can help me do some of uh, this squat properly. Uh, my trainer. And I'm like, yeah, sure, sure. And so she stepped in that rack, and I watched her. Dude, she had, like, perfect fucking form, you know. Boom, boom. Just done, like, a couple of sets of 10 or whatever. Chuck comes through. Dude, I think he, you know, might have been like, hey, you know, if you want some of that, you could probably have it if I could watch. I don't know that. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. He comes through, and he was glad that she met a workout partner. That's all I'll say. But she'd done a couple little things, and I stuck with her, and we just kind of talked. Nothing, you know, it just, it all, at that point, let's, let's all clear our minds. Nothing happened. It was all good, clean fun. But I tell you, I, my mom, uh, bless her heart, she was alive at the time. She was working in a service center, which is connected to the front desk. And another lady that was about my mom's age at that time worked at the front desk, who I knew for quite a long time. I went up to the front <laughs> and I said, mom, and she was talking to this lady, um, um, shit, I can't think of it. I said, Elaine, Elaine's running. Anyway, mom and Elaine were kind of talking. Like I said, they was, they was right there to sit together at service center and the, the front desk connected by one little section. And I go, mom, I, you're not going to believe this. I said, you see Chuck Woolery come here for his wife? And they're both looking. My, I say about anything anyway, as you can tell. I said, his wife, figure she got the best fucking tits you ever seen. And I go, how'd you see her tits? <laughs> I go, well, I didn't see them all the way. I said, she took her sweatshirt. I said, my God. I said, her surgeon needs to be paid uh, double time or something, man. And I was like, what are you doing back there looking? <laughs> I said, it was obvious, man, you know. So they got a big kick out of it. They wanted to go back there and see her at that point. I said, well, she probably got her hoodie on or whatever. But I want to tell you a good Chuck Woolery story there. What the hell? Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think he's moved on past that and maybe – Maybe, you know, she has to, I, I, I think they was actually, I think she was from Nashville or something. I don't, I don't remember what she told me, but, um, oh, man. I, I could have seen more probably, but, uh, um, I wasn't fully into my, uh, my main game at that time. I was just beginning it, you know, just, uh, the infancy of the, uh, um, just a swing and, you know, what, sure, whatever sure. people accuse me of, you know, yeah. someone asked me about that the other day, you know. So what was you doing in sixth grade? I said, I don't know. Fuck, you know, finger banging. I don't know what you do. I don't know, man. Hell, uh, stealing bicycles. I deliver newspapers. I, I don't know. <laughs> That's too much. Well, oh, man. so Bobby, here's the thing. Okay. We are actually out of time. Yeah, I know. I know. We are. Yeah. And I'm glad. I'm glad because I don't like our podcast to go any longer than an hour and a half, man. Yeah. <clears throat> Iron 15 minutes, so I know we need to wrap things up. Yeah. Uh, we've got three questions left, and we're just going to let them go. Um, there's nothing else on that. I don't know if anyone liked the damn Chuck Woolery story. I wasn't trying to be perverted or anything. I just know that, man, that woman, whoo, the hot diggity dang, you know what I'm saying, man? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I did want to give a shout-out uh, to FTC, the uh, Failure to Conform. Uh, the Art of Grappling School of Professional Wrestling. Um, I did stop by there the other evening. It was completely uh, a safe environment, uh, but I got to see my good friend Joe, 
and I got to see my friend Casey King. Uh, Joe and I have a handshake deal from the time I've met him. He's always been real good to me. He's got a good setup over there. Jillian Hall, I think, will be back over there this Tuesday. Uh, she, um, at this point, her and Joe and and uh, think uh, Chase wasn't there, uh, but I think he's helping some. And I, and I know Casey is. They've got a really good setup for us, the, uh, the Art of Grappling School of Wrestling. I'm glad to be associated with it, the opportunity I'm given. I just haven't started uh, on a regular basis due to the COVID, of course. But um, with that said, I went and got my first shot last Wednesday. Um, yes, I'm still wearing my mask. Yes, I'm still social distancing. Um, and I will probably stop by again. But again, I'm going to make sure I'm completely in a safe environment. Um, and I know I'm going to go back and get my second shot. And uh, even after that, depending on what's going on, I probably will still wear my mask and social distance uh, because you have to be careful out there. Um, it's, there's still a virus going around, and I just would rather not be a part of it. If we all do the right things, I think we can lick this thing with the uh, the availability of these shots. And the um, if some smart people just keep being smart and, um, you know, let the idiots fucking eliminate themselves through process of elimination or, or um, uh, what do you call that, natural selection, if you will. But I'm going to still wear my mask and uh, uh, desanitize and, and social distance and uh, all that good stuff. Yeah. Okay, Professor, we got to wind her down, man. Yeah, well, real quick, before we go, I do want to say we got a, uh, a five-star review from Timbo G over on iTunes or uh, Apple oh, Podcasts cool. now, and he says, it's like hanging out with your buddies. I had read Bobby's first book and really enjoyed it, even though I was not greatly familiar with his work in the 90s. So when I saw he had a pod, I tuned in. It's not revolutionary, but it's like an enjoyable, low-key hang with a couple of pals. I listen every week. Um, I didn't know we were supposed to like overthrow the government of Cuba, but I do appreciate <laughs> that's that's what he meant by revolutionary, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. I guess so. Um, I do appreciate you taking the time to do that, Timbo. Thank you very much. Thank you for yes. your five star review. Um, that's that's really great to get. Let let us know if there's something you would like to hear us cover, Tim or Timbo. Yes. Uh, Bobby, was there anything else you wanted to cover before we go? I don't think so, man. I know we could probably plug my books in there real quickly because you just mentioned here. Tim, thanks for uh, reading my book. I uh, appreciate that. There's another one out there as well. My first one was Pin Me, Pay Me, Have Boots Will Travel. That's at tinyrl.com slash blazebook1. If you're still listening at this point, the second book was. Uh, I kicked out on 2G Educational Wrestler. Get that at tinyrl.com slash blazebook2. And with that said, Professor, I'm going to sign off. It's been great talking to you. I lost on Jeopardy. Sending it back to you. All right. For the late Tex Johnson, myself, Professor Jeremy Vilmer, and Double B Bobby Blaze. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>